listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Convos with Anita Santiago podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can reach out to me if you have any questions at convos, that's C-O-N-V-O-S-C-W-S at gmail.com. You can also check out a great information on the website at www.lifeconvos, L-I-F-E-C-O-N-V-O-S.com. Today, we have part two of the amazing interview with Dr. Dana France. You really want to go back and listen to part one. It was incredible and amazing. We had a great talk about resiliency, what it looks like, what it is, and how we can build more of it. So in part one, we really got deep into the importance of resiliency. Today's episode, and you're going to be so glad you tuned in, we're going to be learning a little bit more about Dr. France's personal journey and how resiliency played a role in her life, especially when it came to achieving some of her life goals. So I want to welcome Dr. Dana France to the podcast again. Thank you. Okay, so in the last episode, Dana, Dr. France, we talked about resiliency. We gave an overview of what that looks like. But today, I I want the listeners to hear a little about your personal journey. I mean, if resiliency was a picture, you would be it. And when we talk about changing and adapting to overcome, when we talk about rebuilding hope when you have been in places where you didn't have a lot of hope, I definitely think of you. And I think our listeners could really benefit from hearing from a a person, a normal person, just like you and I, uh, how resiliency has played such a big role in your life. So I want you to just share a little bit about your life story with the listeners. Okay. So Anita, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on your show. And I want to say I am who I am because of the man that I serve above. Mm -hmm. I have a strong faith and I believe that the only reason that I am where I'm at is because I trust and depend on God. Mm-hmm. I trust and depend on him for everything that I do. I definitely have a higher beam that I definitely believe in. Mm-hmm. And I believe that through my life challenges is that that's the only reason that I have made it where I am today. It's nothing that Dana's done. It's something that was installed in me. It was mm-hmm. that I believed in God at a young age. My faith has grown and always has grown. And I've just been that person that trusts and believes in God in every step of the way of my journey. Uh, some of the things with my life is that I am a, I went to O'Fallon Tech <laughs> High School. That was mm-hmm. my high school. Mm-hmm. So in, in 12th grade, my mom decided to move away and she decided to move us to the central high school mm-hmm. and I really didn't want to go to central so I dropped out so that's oh, wow. one of the things that people really didn't know about me so I dropped out of school in 12th grade mm-hmm. and I just said hey you know what let me go take this GED so mm-hmm. in 12th grade I took my GED and I passed it then I moved to Kansas City um by this time, I had gotten married, and um, we moved to Kansas City, and mm-hmm. I decided to go back to school. I went to school with CNA, with CNA for six months. So so let me just clarify for the re- listeners. When we say CNA, we talk about certified nurse's assistant. Certified nurse's assistant. Okay. So I, I started off as a certified nurse's assistant, and I love taking care of people. Mm-hmm. It's just my personality. I mm-hmm. love taking care of people. I started off as a certified nurse's assistant, and I started working as a certified nurse's assistant. 
assistant. And it wasn't that the job was hard. It was just that the person that was over me was hard. And I didn't like their attitude. And I didn't like how they treated the CNAs. So they really treated us as if we were nobodies. And I and and being one that has been in the health field, we know we hear that a lot. The people who carry the heavy lift are often not treated with the respect and kindness in, that they deserve. And I want to give a shout out to all the CNAs yes. out there because without y'all, nothing would would be running. So we appreciate each and every man and woman that's out there doing that work. We appreciate you. Yes, because we cannot do it without the certified nurses assistant. It's just mm-hmm. no way that we could possibly do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there. I decided to go back and be a licensed practical nurse, which is an LPN. Okay. So I was an LPN for 10 years. Now, wait a minute. Now, how old? Are, I mean, can we tell the listeners about how old you was when you went from CNA to LPN? <sighs> Let's see. Without telling my age. Without telling your age. <laughs> just just like the ballpark you can say in your 20s. So or. when I went back to school <laughs> to my CNA to get a CNA, I was in my early 20s. Okay, that's when good. When I went back to get my LPN, I was also so in my mid twenties. Okay. So I was an LPN for ten years. Okay. And I love I love doing the LPN work. I love being a licensed practical nurse. I was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I worked as a telemetry nurse. I worked on the med surge, and I worked with some great great nurses. I love the nurses that I worked with. Okay. And I remember talking to a young man, and I remember saying to this young man, I remember saying, "Well, I'm gonna go back to school to get my RN, my BSc, and my master's, and my doctorate." <laughs> The young man said to me, he said, well, Dana, you're not going to do it if you don't start. So you know what? From that day forward, I went and enrolled in school. Okay. And I never stopped. I never stopped until I got that terminal degree. So so let me let me let me back this up. Let me run that back like the kids say. Let me run that back. So you went from dropping out of high school yes. and getting a GED to Dr. Dana France. Now, listeners, I'm gonna tell you something. This ain't the the everything was handed to somebody on a plate type of story. This is the this is the determination and resiliency in a person's life that got them from a situation that people would say was negative could yes. be speaking negative well, why'd you drop out of high school and you shouldn't have done yes. that and you'll never amount to anything and I'm sitting here talking to Dr. Dana France y'all I'm looking right at her yes. she right here <laughs> in the flesh so so why am I so excited and why am I sounding like this resiliency is real yes and she is the living example of that now we haven't even gotten into the to the details but I just wanted to run that back for the listeners to say did y'all just hear that she said she dropped out of high school got a GED went on to become a CNA, went on to be an LPN, and then said, hmm, I'm going to get my RN, my bachelor's, my master's, and my doctorate. And then, y'all, she did it. Yeah. Went on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> went on a roll. So, uh, yes, I did do it. And, you know, I... I um, why I give all credit to to God, who is the head of my life. Mm-hmm. I also acknowledge my husband, who also was that support mm-hmm. for me during my time of going back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, I have four children. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is deceased. Um, I lost him last year to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but through it all, God is still good, no matter what. 
he is still good. So no matter what my struggles is, and, and yes, that's one of the times so when you talk about resilience, you talk about emotion. Yeah. So we talk about emotion. So last year, 2021, was really, really a hard, hard, probably one of the hardest years of my life. Yeah, and my deepest condolences on the loss of your son. Thank you. It was a beautiful person. So so what a lot of people don't didn't realize is that two months before I lost my son, I lost my brother. So my mm. brother died in August. My son died in October. And a lot of people look at me today and they say, why aren't you angry? Mm-hmm. I have no reason to be angry with God. Mm-hmm. Because he never told me that those two people in my life will be with me forever. Okay. He only told me that they would be loners. Okay. And I had to return them back. So, emotions? Yeah. I may feel a little emotional, mm-hmm. but I'm still positive. I'm still happy. Yeah. I still say I'm grateful. Now, I want to be clear to the listeners. Now, you're not saying, you know, because you're in this space of understanding, you're not saying that you don't hurt and you don't cry and you don't ache for your people. But but this is what we were talking about with, with resiliency building the ability to change and adapt. So when you, and we've all lost someone, I'm sure, that we cared about or that we knew or that we were close to. But resiliency allows us to adapt to the change of that yeah that physical presence not being there we still love our person we still ache for them we cry we you know we go through the emotions like you said but when you spend time building hope and resiliency brick by brick by brick and I would just say you've been doing that since you decided to drop out of school because you say you know what I'm I gotta keep moving on and and as you moved on through these different stages in your life you kept building hope and resiliency so in the loss of your brother and your son which is very traumatic and devastating and hurtful you were able to adapt to that change it doesn't mean you don't hurt it doesn't mean you don't miss them but it means that you're able to adapt so that you can continue moving forward yes because you know one of the things is this is like what people fail to realize is that those are traumatic loss Mm -hmm. and when I say that your heart is heavy Mm -hmm. your heart is heavy every day Mm-hmm. There's not a day that a tear doesn't drop. Mm-hmm. But because I am able to understand self, and okay. because I have built a relationship, mm-hmm. because I am mindful of others, okay. because I am purposeful, because mm-hmm. I can look at the different things that make a resilient person mm-hmm. what they are, I can recognize those things and I can apply each one to my life mm-hmm. and know how to come out with a positive. Now, those characteristics that Dr. Franz just mentioned, uh, you can hear us talk about those in part one of her interview. But one one of the characteristics we didn't really get to cover in part one was that purpose. And one thing I know about you is that you are a woman with purpose. And just in telling the listeners part of your story about going from high school to CNA to LPN to RN to BSN to master's level to doctorate level if that's not purpose I don't know what is and you know purpose has to be more than uh, a Birkin bag yes purpose has to be more than Balenciaga purpose has to be more than Gucci and 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 all now now look y'all don't be don't be blowing up my email talking about I didn't you know I'm not saying you can't look fly 
you can you can look fly if you want to oh am i telling my age <laughs> or the drip i'm sorry you can have that drip <laughs> if 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 that's your thing that's that isn't inherently bad but i think from a standpoint of having the type of life that you envision for yourself you have to have some type of purpose and for many many people that purpose is way outside of you individually is serving others caring for others or um you know inventing creating um building purpose is huge yes purpose is not necessarily limited to you as an individual um it can include you but it's usually bigger than you so if you're struggling with having hope like we talked about that people often lose hope at different times in their lives if you're struggling with having hope do you have a purpose and if you don't know what a purpose is you know do some reflection do some thinking about what you feel like your purpose may be because I feel like because your purpose is to care for people and you've always been true to your purpose even in the midst of these traumatic losses you still have a purpose the loss didn't take your purpose away life didn't take your purpose away so even though like you said there's not a day that a tear doesn't drop when you wake up you still have a purpose with which gives you hope, which allows you to be resilient. Do y'all see the dots connecting? Like this is a, this is, this is good stuff here. This is really good stuff. And I mean, if I don't think we could break it down any better than this, because this is an example in the midst of a tragic loss of how resiliency can moderate your ability to even function. And I'm not saying that you don't grieve. Okay. I work in mental health. I know we grieve. There's a period of grieving and we're not even saying that you don't do that but at the end of the day the resiliency is going to be the thing that gets you up when your grieving is over your purpose is going to be the thing that gives you hope and you're going to put one foot in front of the other and you're going to keep moving we we point our finger at people and we say well all you need to do is drink a green smoothie eat you know get some vitamin d get outside be around people laugh take yourself out nothing wrong with those things but if the person doesn't have the hope like you said in part one of our interview then nothing else is going to matter right they have to have hope and they have to want it you have to want it it first starts with self and you know what I, I think about resiliency and I think about young people today young people and I'm talking about elementary middle high school maybe first couple of years of college young people deal with a lot of things we didn't deal with when we were younger um, there are a lot of challenges and questions that come up for young people that we didn't have um, growing up we had more of a support system in the sense that you had extended family around mm-hmm. a lot of young people are are um, on their own a lot because parents work uh, trying to make ends meet or whatever but the bullying the social media the the way that young women and young men are constantly picked apart about how they look how they dress uh, where they live do they meet the standard I can see that being uh, a really challenging situation I mean even when we talk about hair Mm -hmm. we talk about something as simple as hair you know do you have the right kind of hair you know did you buy the right kind of hair your hair you got the chocolate chocolate Remy and I got the chocolate Remy but you got yours from one place and I got mine from another and mine is not as long as yours and the way we pick things apart on people is ridiculous and one of the things you said in part 
one, we talked about this tongue, about speaking life and, and being kind or just respectful to other people. If somebody doesn't have on designer, do we really need to say anything about that? When that person cuts you off on the highway, because you know how we drive around here. Do you really have to cuss them all out and fog your window up because your breath hot and you're cussing them out? Do we really have to do that? <laughs> I would say that, you know, that challenge that you gave listeners in part one about stopping and thinking what is flying out of our mouths, because I'm sure you had many challenges between CNA and Dr. Dana France. Oh, definitely. I'm sure you had many challenges along the way, but I would also go out on a limb and say there are probably many people speaking power and positivity in your life on that journey more so than the people speaking negativity. Well, you know, for me, I have a tendency to turn ahead to negativity mm-hmm. because first of all negative negativity has no place in my life mm-hmm. let me just say that I'm a positive person and I try to speak positivity into people's lives because I know you get a better outcome mm-hmm. with positivity than you do with a negative mm-hmm. now that's not to say that I haven't been in negativity because mm-hmm. I was in a position where my boss was so negative I was like geez us every day I would pray now Lord you got to move me up out of here <laughs> like you got to get me up out of here I was like I can't take it no more I just you got to move me you have to move quick me. fast and in a hurry quick, fast and in a hurry because I had never experienced a boss that had that was so nasty mm. never and when I say nasty nasty out of all my life I have never experienced anyone that was that nasty wow so instead of me getting nasty back mm-hmm. I just prayed I just mm-hmm. constantly pray Lord you gotta move me mm-hmm. get me up out of here and he did that okay you know he moved me out of that situation mm-hmm. into a different situation and, and I think like especially when it comes to job situations like if you've worked several jobs Jobs have been around for a minute. You you've you've been in some situations on a job that was just foul. And resiliency to me is the difference between, hey, let me be self-aware and tap into my faith of my value system to deal with this versus I'm gonna go in here and let you know I'm so St. Louis, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, and I'm being funny, but I'm I'm trying to make a point that r- resiliency is a moderator. Like it helps you to keep from going to the extremes in dealing with the challenges that are in front of you and if you if you deal with challenges from a perspective where you gotta get somebody told tell somebody what time it is or all of that you do nothing but create a situation that's even more uh, negative and hostile and aggressive probably than you even want it to be yes and in some you know some professions you don't have the luxury of of just being able to say whatever it is you want to say if you work in the financial industry um, you work in the banks some you know those are two industries I can think of right off the bat where that you can have a client that's really difficult unreasonable you can have a situation that's difficult and unreasonable and people expect you to act in a certain reserved type of way 
So, you know, if, if, if you're facing challenges and obstacles, but you can tap into a value system, you can stay self-aware, you can stay mindful. Okay, I know it's bad, but I have to go in here and I, this is still my job today. So I need to go in here and do my job to the best of my ability, even though I know this person's going to be nasty with me. I'm just going to just take a deep breath and tap into my value system because my value system says, you know, that either I'm going to stay calm or I don't have to react in the same way. Do we really, really stop to think about those things when we're in situations? It just depends on you as a person. And that too comes back to self-awareness mm-hmm. you know you know yourself you know a lot of times I'm not going to say that sometimes we don't blow up and want to get you we do <laughs> we, we do you know we're human right we're human but we have to let the inside of us control us mm-hmm. versus letting our emotions take control of us mm-hmm. you know when you I, I, I think about the last incident that uh, just happened with the shooting with the kids, with the mm-hmm. that the child was being bullied, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. So his emotions took over him. Right, they took over him, and he did drastic things. Right, why did he do those drastic things? He didn't understand himself. Right, first of all, and he got tired of people bullying him. Mm-hmm. So if he was more in tune with his emotions and mm-hmm. feelings. Mm-hmm. Would the outcome have been different? Well, we can say that probably um, with the just the uptick in shootings that we've seen over the last 20 yes. years, people get angry mm-hmm. and they're so angry or so frustrated that their first um, thought to resolve the situation is to do something to show that person that you were serious. Mm-hmm. But is that the best way to approach it and like you're saying if you're self-aware and you know you're really really angry it used to be people got a lot of kudos for walking away from a fight you know people used to commend people for walking away from a fight because it takes a lot of self-awareness to step away from a situation that could be explosive or toxic Um, and again this isn't criticizing each and every person you know every situation is different but that self-awareness piece is really poignant and I think for men like when we talk about men men are often socialized not to be emotionally expressive so when they're struggling even young men like you're saying with the bullying how do they let those emotions out you used to have you know people used to box and do different kind of sports and stuff but now all that stuff costs money and you may not have the resources to do it how do you how do you let that out well what we're really saying is that if you pause and you start building resiliency within yourself you'll be able to better moderate these situations that you come into and and maybe approach them from a way that's going to end up pushing you a little further towards your goal and I think with resilient when we talk about purpose we have to be able to recognize that we belong that we belong to something bigger mm-hmm. than ourselves. Right. You know, and we have to understand that um, our purpose helps to shape uh, the mindset and attitude we have towards others and the events that we experience in life. Yeah, because if we say purpose is bigger than us, it is. 
then if I know my purpose is bigger than me and I know my purpose is going to touch a lot of lives, maybe I'm going to handle that situation a little bit differently because I have a purpose that I have to get to every day um, that I need to attend to. And you're right, this this me-ism, I call it, me-ism culture where, well, it's about me, look at me, see me, help me. It's a lot of focus on me, but not a lot of focus on we. And we're all on this planet together. I mean, at the end of the day, and if I'm limited to only being around people that help me stay where I'm at, Mm -hmm. how do I learn to do something different? And I think that's another challenge in resiliency. If you're going to be mindful and self-aware and have purpose, you fundamentally are not going to be able to stay in the same place for a long, long time. Because purpose is going to demand you move further, deeper into it. And so you won't have the benefit of being able to stay in that space, you know, for all of your adult life or all of your adolescent life you're going to you're going to have to move forward and I think just in life in general you know you're going to move but whether you move forward or backward is going to be determined by how much resiliency you have because you can have you know just like um you can have um, levels of resiliency. You can have a little, you can have a lot. It can fluctuate. It may not stay the same all the time, which is why it would be something you need to work on. But fundamentally, it's going to move you forward. And maybe, you know, for a lot of people that don't have traction, um, go back and listen to part one and listen to those characteristics about um, that that we talked about that help make up resilient resiliency. They're not the only characteristics. They're just the ones that we talked about. But um, when, when you add purpose into that mix and um, being aware that your existence serves a greater purpose outside of you, then maybe we would have value on each other. Mm-hmm. We would value each other more. We would respect human life more because now I'm aware that my purpose is bigger than me. And in order for me to fulfill my purpose, I need people. So I don't want to harm anybody. And I, I want everybody to be okay. Um, and, and I think that's a really salient point that um, that we can all meditate on and we can all, you know, learn from. Yeah, I, I, resiliency is something we need. Mm-hmm. It's not optional. It's based in hope. Mm-hmm. And you build hope and resiliency together. And if you do that, you're going to, you're going to get far in life. And again, I'm going to run that back one more time, y'all. She said from dropout to Dr. Dana France. So if you're thinking resiliency, they just on the podcast talking about something. They, you know, you know, they just, they just, they just talking about something. No, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at a, at a living testimony of how resilience works in someone's life. And the good thing is that it's not restricted to working for one person. If it worked for Dr. France, it can work for you too. But you have to put the work in. You have to do the work. And so, um, Dana, what would you advise our listeners who are out here who may be having tough situations and just trying to figure out where they're going to start tomorrow when they wake up? Like, I really want to do this resilience thing, but I don't I don't know what to st- where to start. What would be the well, I would thing say you tell that, them? Um, the first thing is to do is to start with self. Mm-hmm. You always have to start with self. And if you're a believer in a higher being, then you start there. You start mm-hmm. with your faith. Mm-hmm. Okay. I tell people all the time, encourage yourself. Okay. Motivate yourself. You know, how do we build ourselves? 
I'm beautiful this morning. Okay. Hello, gorgeous. <laughs> hello, gorgeous. As Mary J. Blige said, hello, gorgeous. Good morning, gorgeous. So you have to build yourself. You have to speak to yourself, speak life mm-hmm. into yourself. You know, everybody's not going to speak life into yourself, but you know what? When you walk around with a smile, it makes people look at you differently. Mm-hmm. It makes people want to speak to you versus if you walk around with a frown. So start with self. Okay, and I'm going to just say for the fellas, you know, you could use Hello Gorgeous, but you could also use Hello Handsome because we don't want we don't want to lead them out. Positive affirmations. Those are real. Hello, my king. Hello, my king. Say hello, my fella, for, the, for the fellas. Hello, my king. Yes. In the mirror you have every to morning. Start, you have to start encouraging yourself. Mm-hmm. Self-motivation, you know, it starts within yourself. And no matter where you are and no matter how bad you feel it's been and what you've been through you can move forward you don't have to stay stuck in that place self self encouragement and self motivation simply means waking up and understanding that different possibilities are possible so if you understand different possibilities are possible you can encourage and motivate yourself well as um just as in part one of the interview dr france you did not disappoint i want to thank the listeners uh, for tuning in i want to thank you for joining the podcast you really brought this topic to life and i'm sure the the listeners are going to be able to take these principles and and use them to get some traction. I want to just thank all the listeners out there for tuning into the convos with Anita Santiago podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to learn more about our guest speakers, visit the website at www.lifeconvos.com. And you can also reach out to me at convoscws at gmail.com. Dot com.